0: Welcome to St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. Good afternoon. My name is Matt Logman I'm in the studio today with Ray Gerard and Peter Karutz, and this is Evangelization Moments. Today's topic and title is when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And my friends, I think we can all agree that it's a little tough out there right now. So I'd like to start by saying we are all here right now, right at this very time, at the very place that we are at, right now, because of the Father's will. He has put you there. He has put us here for a particular reason, here at this time, right now. And there is a reason for that. As the church militant, we have to answer what's going on right now. And as we usually do, let's start off with a prayer. Peter, can you take care of that, boys?
1: I'll do that. I volunteered, and here we go. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy yes. Spirit, amen. 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 Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks in all things because we know you will make good out of everything. We pray for all those who are sick, who have the COVID, who have other diseases. We pray for those who are alone and solitary in this difficult time. and We pray especially for those who have passed away. For our friends for our relatives for our parents uh, that uh, our lord will be with them at that moment of their death and as well right now and uh, that we pray that they're in their in in uh, in his friendship and glory and we wrap all of our prayers in the mantle of our lady as we say hail mary full Full of of grace grace. the lord Lord is is with with thee blessed Blessed art thou thou among women women, and and blessed blessed is is the fruit of thy womb womb, jesus Jesus. holy
0: Holy mary Mary, mother Mother of of God, god Pray Pray for for us us sinners, sinners, now now and at at the the hour 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 of our death. death. Amen. Amen.
1: Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I was just telling you guys before this started that uh, my business partner's father died, uh, and then he, he, my business partner, only 54, he died as well, just a couple of weeks uh, apart. And uh, it's all kind of fresh, and neither one died of COVID, one died of cancer, the other had an unexpected heart attack. But, you know, that just tells us that it is not time for us to wait for all this pandemic stuff to be over. We'd never know what is our last hour or our last day. So let's get started now. So as you said, Matt, it is tough now. It's time for us, the tough, to get going.
2: No, I mean absolutely. Um, yeah, you can get you can get you know, bogged down with, with fear in this in this sort of thing. You can think, well with all this COVID stuff that's going around, we need to we need to shelter in place, we need to lock down. We need to, you know, maybe just watch uh, watch the mass on TV, but don't go to church. You know, we need to be fearful. Well, no, we don't need to be fearful. We need to be fearful, I would say, of uh, of offending God. I think that's that's a healthy fear. That's a proper fear. But fearful of the COVID, I mean, you know, I mean. I think balanced fear of the COVID. Absolutely. You know, you could have a balanced fear of getting sick, balanced fear of, of getting in a car accident, balanced fear, as you say, that your life could be over at any particular moment. That's right. But, you know, you know the fear of, of the COVID shouldn't, you know, trump, if I can use that word, trump
1: everything. I got up this morning and I got into my car. I took a chance, right? I didn't drive 165 miles an hour, but I still took a chance. So we, we can't live in, in fear we can't be constrained by it, but as you said, a healthy, reasonable fear is always good. Uh, you know. Also, before we started the show, the program, we uh, I had a little quote from Thomas Akempis, one of my favorite uh, authors from the what is it, 14th century, 15th century. He said, "If you were wise, you would so order your life as if you would die before the day is over." You know what? We none of us know how long we have. We just don't. So let's go forward. As if it is our last day. Let's not have any regrets.
0: Is not fear originated from the enemy? Is it caused by him? He wants us to live in fear, and the Holy Spirit does not work that way.
2: No, God God wants us all to to be happy. God wants us, and you're not going to be fearful, overly fearful, if you really believe in God. You know, you're talking about, hey, what about living as if it's your last day? That was. was, uh, that was that advice out of uh, The Imitation of Christ? That's right. Well, there's a, a story that I recently came across. Um, same kind of, I think, experience, the same kind of uh, idea uh, was uh, made uh, a very uh, present to actress Jane Seymour. She apparently was filming a movie in Spain, and she was given antibiotics for a bronchitis infection. Well, she, ran to ana- she r- immediately went into anaphylactic shock. She said, the next thing I remember, I was panicking, and then I wasn't panicking. I was very calm. I was looking down at my body. Then I realized that I was out of my body and that I was going to die. So I asked whoever was up there, God, a higher power, whatever one wants to call it, I just said, whoever you are, I will never deny your existence. I will never let you down. I am not going to waste one minute of my life if I have it back. And that story is told. There's a book uh, by the name of a woman named Jennifer Skiff. She was a CNN correspondent. I think this book came out in 2008. It's called God's Stories. Mm. and lots. I of, heard about that. Yeah. And lots of stories just like this where people have all of these, um, you know, all of these uh, encounters with God. And so, you know, she understood life was so precious and that she would always, you know, not waste another moment of her life. So we
1: are about to, as we're doing this live, it is the weekend before Thanksgiving. So one of the things that we're going to do at Thanksgiving is we're either going to be virtually with our families or we're going to be together with our families. You know, granted, probably smaller gatherings. But this is a evangelization moment. It is an opportunity to evangelize. now. I'll tell you, as my daughters are often my best critics, they say, don't be preachy, right? Don't be pontificating, but let's be fun. But it is an opportunity to witness. So how do we witness with our families? I have two suggestions. Number one, jokes. How about some good Catholic jokes? And we got some for you today. Two, how about stories of the saints? Uh, my, I have all nephews, and they're younger boys. Boys like adventure stories. The saints have great adventure stories. So every night we're together, we're going we're gonna to tell an adventure story and maybe a joke too, which we'll get to in a minute.
0: Good idea. That's so in order to evangelize, we must be aware of the fact that one hour that would be Mass that you're going to on Sundays, I do hope, that is the bare minimum. And at this time in our lives, right now, with what's going on in the country and around the world, it's past that time to be sitting on our haunches, to go Monday through Saturday and not have a very prayerful state of mind, whether it be an extra something. you got to step things up. We all have to step things up. You know, whether it be through stewardship, time, talent, and treasure, everybody needs to get into the battle.
1: Well, but, but you're right. I mean, just to digress a little bit, this is an evangelization moment, going to Mass, And being the witness to your family that you're going to Mass is, frankly, a really strong witness. I mean, just in my own family, we've had a little text conversation about, uh, you know, getting us to all agree. Oh, you're not going to go to Mass, are you? I'm like, yeah, we're going to go to Mass. Did you go to Costco? Yeah, well, we're going to go to Mass, right? And I don't know about you guys, but I was thinking about this. During the pandemic, when we were really kind of the lockdown, when the churches were closed, there were about 8 or 10 weeks-ish that I didn't go to Mass. I mean, we did it on the TV. But I don't think there has ever been a time in my life that I didn't go to Mass for that long, whether it my parents bringing me or I'm going I never missed Mass for 10 weeks. I went back the first time. I was emotional. I mean, I, I was. It isn't the same. I'm sorry. Watching TV is not the same as being at Mass. It just isn't.
2: So, um, you're talking about witnessing by going to church. And saying you went to Mass. And saying you went to Mass. So, you know, this is coming up in in our family as well. uh, For Christmas, we always go to Chicago. We We do too. We always make the trip north from St. Louis to Chicago. Why? Because my daughter lives in Chicago, and my son-in-law has a lot of, she has a big family in Chicago, and they have a lot of big family events. So, you know, it makes sense for us to go there. So we do, but this year I told uh, I told my daughter, I don't want to go. Right now, Masses in Chicago, as I heard, probably still the case, maybe even getting worse, uh, limited to like twenty-five people. Yeah. And so you can get on a list, and if you're lucky enough to get on the list, you can go to Mass. Chances are you're not going to get on the list, and especially you know at Christmas time. I mean, you know, goodness sake. So I told her, you know, I don't want to go. I don't want to come to Chicago. Why don't you come here? Because yeah. I can't understand having Christmas without the Mass.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, well, if you go that's to Chicago... The name, that's the name of the holiday, name? the Christ <laughs> Mass, so, the Mass of Christ.
2: I mean, I could go to Chicago, and I could watch the Mass on TV in Chicago, but as you say, Peter, it's not the same. It's just not. So, you know, there are other people, there's somebody else in the family who uh, it's not all that... Uh, faithful, not all that devout, uh, doesn't so you know quite so often, you know, go to mass. But, you know, when he heard that, you know, this is what I was telling my daughter, he said, I can understand your father. You know, I can understand that. And so, there is a witness that can be made that affects people even who are not all that devout themselves, if we take a stance about going to mass
0: need a little sticker, like when you vote, it says, I voted. How about a oh little sticker man. that says, I went to Mass.
1: I'm going to get them.
0: I think that is we a go.
1: brilliant idea. I'm writing it down. i writing it down.
0: <laughs> you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And that's what we're here for. This is Evangelization Moments, brothers and sisters. What do you think about it? You know, come up with a good idea and send it to the radio station. You know, so we'll put that on the air next time we have this program, which is once a month, third Saturday when the going gets tough the tough get going let's hear your ideas that'd be a great thing to do because the enemy is not sleeping you know keeping us from mass who do you think's causing that come on i mean it, this is a, it's as plain as anybody can see that the enemy is causing this to happen and he
1: wants us to be surly instead of joyful so let's let's start that off so I, at the risk of telling a bad joke are you ready I'll start with the first joke we're supposed to be joyful and sometimes jokes can do that so I'm gonna start out with a classic joke so we all know Pope Francis is a rather humble man and he, he didn't want to have the brand new Mercedes to drive him around and he's driving around in a little Fiat not only is it a small car but it is a terrible car too and but still even with the little Fiat he did not like being driven around right he, he's a humble guy so he's talking to his driver and he says, uh, you know, let me drive. He says, oh, no, Holy Father, you can't drive. I, I have to drive. No, no, really, I can't, I can't sit back here and be driven around. I'll, let me serve you. I will do the driving. No, no. but He says, look, I'm the Pope. I'm going to drive. You're going to sit in the back. So he's driving around Italy and apparently exceeding the speed limit, which I didn't even know was possible in Italy. Now, I didn't even think they had speed limits. So he's tooling around, and, and somebody pulls him over. Cop pulls him over. We all know that feeling in our stomach when you hear the lights. At least I do. Hear the and lights. I hear them, man. I hear him in my chest. I, I, I feel it. Right. So they, he gets pulled over, and the Italian policeman comes over and he looks in the window and Pope Francis there, smiling and waving <laughs> at him through the window, and he's just got this sick feeling in his face and he goes back to this car and he says he calls his his chief. He says, "Chief, I have a problem here." He says, well, what, 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 the problem? He says, I have uh, pulled over somebody for speeding, and he's in a very important man, and I, I, I just do not know what to do. He says, well, what do you mean an important man? I mean he's a colossally important man, and I don't know what to do. Well, who is this man you pulled over? He says, I don't have the slightest idea, but his driver is the pope. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, an old one. But, you know, one of the things we can do, our evangelization moments, is to bring God and the church to the commonplace, right? To the dinner table, to the, you know, to a funny joke. And now, we're, what are we doing? We're talking about God. We're talking about the Pope. We're talking about, eh, my, one of my faults maybe. be So, it, it's all good. But we do it in a joyful fashion. We're in this pandemic that wants to keep us down and, and afraid and, and all that. We need to have a spirit of joy.
0: I agree. A smile should bring joy to everyone around. And there is another problem. The mask. Sure, I understand why we're wearing them, and I get it though. But you know, you're walking you're walking through the store like I'm at frequently, and you can't smile at somebody unless they can see that smile in your eyes. They you gotta figure that out. They don't see it. They don't see it. Maybe uh, put a big old thing on the front of it, you know. Maybe. This is Evangelization Moments, and we are live from the Rome of the West. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, and we have Ray Gerard and Peter Karutz in studio.
2: So the question is, you know, how how real is God to you? I mean, if you're going to, over the holidays, uh, feel a need to evangelize, it's got to be because you really believe in God. I mean, we're getting all of these indications from society around us god's not all that important you don't have to go to church Uh, you know we can close churches watch it on tv it's just the same how important is god how real is god in your life
0: i would lay my life down well i that's pretty important that's you know if martyrdom is that cup i pray that i don't have to drink it but i pray i have the strength to do it
2: you know i was watching a movie the other day and uh, as an old Western movie, 1950, Joel McRae, Ellen Drew. And uh, it was called, uh, I think it's, I think the title of the movie is Stars in My Crown. And uh, that refers to uh, uh, an old Baptist hymn or some kind of a, a hymn. Uh, that refers, to, and, and the movie's about a preacher who grew up with that song, with that particular hymn. And so now he's in this Western, he's, he's grown up, he's an adult, he's a, he's a preacher. And he's living in this town. And guess what happens? He dies. Well, they have... Well, hang on a second. Oh, yeah. Eventually he dies. Everybody dies. <laughs> um, but no, uh, people do die in this movie, and they die from an epidemic. I don't know, smallpox, collar, or something that's going on in this town. And uh, so this this preacher is going around visiting people. He's going about his business, his normal daily life. He's attending to the spiritual needs of the people in the community. And there's a young doctor in town, and he tells the, the preacher, you've got to stay at home. You know, but... You're spreading this thing. You're going around to people. You're, you're, a carrier. You know you've got to minimize your contact. Sound familiar? Yeah. Um, so he does. He stays at home. He shelters in place, and um, it gets so bad that his family starts to go without food because he's not visiting. You know, I mean, this, the preacher would go visit people. They'd say, you know, they, they'd give him you know a basket of eggs or whatever they'd give him. You know, he, he would live on the donations from the community, which he would get when he would visit people. So now he's not doing that. His family's starting to go without food. He's starting to wonder, I'm doing the right thing? And besides, he's feeling guilt because he's not attending to the spiritual needs of these people. But he's doing what the doctors told him to do because he thinks that's the right thing. Well, at one point, he gets a message. Somebody comes to the door, and they say, um, you know, you need to go visit the sick person. So he asks, well, who is it that sent for me? Was it, you know, the sick person himself? No, it was the doctor. The doctor was attending to this this woman. And she was, and she was doing very poorly. She was on the verge of death, and at some point, the doctor realized, you know, there's some needs I can't attend to, and he sent for the preacher. And then after that, so I, the preacher went. And in the movie, the preacher go. I guess I'm going to tell you everything that happens, but. After that, the the preacher and the doctor, they work together. Isn't that great? Because they each realize there's room for the other. And why is that? That's because there is a need to attend to to people spiritually. The spiritual, there is a spiritual reality. We have to believe that. And if we believe that, we're not going to be shy about telling other people, you should go to mass, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to pray, you shouldn't be afraid to ask, to be able to pray in church or what have you. There's a reality here, and if we believe it, we're not gonna be afraid to talk about it. And we've seen it. it,
1: I mean, it is a real reality. I've, I've talked about this man before uh, on the radio, a great man, a most influential person in my life, Monsignor Gaelic, when he was a very young priest. In fact, he's just celebrated 50 years as a priest. He was assigned to a hospital and he was, as many priests are, but he was assigned with a Baptist um, chaplain. Minister. Yeah, chaplain. And uh, so, this, so he goes in to give last, my buddy goes in to give last rites to this person. And the Baptist preacher, of course, doesn't go in, but he's out there, and he's sitting in the control room, you know, with the nurses. I know this is a bit wrong terminology. And you can see all the vitals and everything. And this guy is, this guy is doing very badly. You know, he's going to die, you know, shortly. Anyway, so uh, Father Gaelic, Monsignor Gaelic, he gives this person the last rites. He hears his confession. And th- th- he comes out, and, and the Baptist minister says, what did you do? So I, I went in, I you know, gave him viaticum and the last rites and uh, apostolic blessing. And, what are you talking about? You knew what I was doing. He says, no, no, no. This man's vital signs all went from crazy down to very peaceful. I mean, we all have experienced that peace. It isn't something we believe. It's something we feel. You know, one thing about being Catholic is we are very much into the feelings, right? We're very physical with our prayer. We stand up, we sit down, we kneel, we we have our rosary beads that we feel, but we also feel it internally. These exterior things are manifestations of what is really and truly going on inside us. Beyond understanding. Yeah. I mean, how many of us have gone to communion Come on back, and, and we're just in another world. You know, we're, 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 we're quite literally sharing in God's life. It, it's otherworldly. So why wouldn't we want others to experience this, to, to share it, to be part of it? And, and it's, it's difficult to explain unless you can experience
0: it. Well, then, we need to start within our own church. 30% of the Catholics only believe in the true presence, that is crazy. That is scary. Why is it scary? Because the enemy is winning that battle, and that
2: can't happen. Another story, so there's a senator in California, Senator Monjoy, and uh, he was involved in some deep political battle that left him really in despair. So I don't know if there was a scandal that he was involved in, I don't know what the story was, but he was in despair. Anyway, somebody came up to him, put their hand on his shoulder, and said, can I pray for you? And he said that at that moment, he felt a peace like he had never felt before. And it changed. He said he was changed from that moment on. And there can only be one reason for that. It's because, yeah, he felt peace, but that word peace can't begin to describe what he felt. It must have been a pervasive, otherworldly, you know, bigger than, than him.
0: Kind Beyond of understanding. It
2: was a spiritual peace, but it was a reality, and it changed him. So just a simple thing like that. You go up to somebody and say, hey, can I pray for you? You don't know what kind of an effect that's going to have on people. We were down at, uh, me and my wife were down with uh, a friend at Perryville uh, a couple of weeks back. So Perryville, you know, Marian Shrine. Uh-huh, right. Uh, shrine to, you know, bless the mother of the miraculous medal. And, um, we went to, they have a, they have a, uh, a mock-up of the grotto from, you know, Our these Visitation at Lords. they have a mock-up of the grotto there. And so there's uh, a lot of candles and, uh, you know, a lot of places to kneel and pray. And in the front row, there was, it's an outdoor grotto, of course, but anyways, front row there was this woman that was, it was about eh, maybe eight o'clock at night. And it was really pretty empty, except for this one woman and the three of us. And she was down at the front and she was kneeling and praying. And my wife just felt a need, a desire, to go uh, and give her a hug. So she went up to this woman. She didn't know her. You know, put her arm around her shoulder and said something very similar. Like, can I pray for you? She said she looked in this woman's eyes, and she had obviously been crying. This woman, she's probably 25, 30, young, young woman, obviously been crying. But she said, my wife looked into her eyes, and she had these big eyes, and there was a, I don't know, there's, there they weren't sad, you know, like when you were crying, um, but there's just something about, but you, know, you don't know, she doesn't know, my wife doesn't know what effect that had on this woman. The woman was obviously thankful that my wife had done this, but they didn't exchange many words beyond just that, but you don't know what was going through that woman's mind at the moment that my wife came up to her maybe it was something like senator mountjoy. You don't know. You never know. And is that going to keep you that not or is that going to keep you from going up to somebody and saying, "Hey, can I pray for you?" That's yeah. right?
1: And, and there's no there's no downside to it. You know, I um, I have a practice of uh, saying uh, greeting somebody at mass who I don't know. You know, and all I do is I say, "Hey, thanks for sharing mass with you." Or, "It was good sharing mass with you." And it makes my younger daughter especially Crazy, she says. This is so <laughs> creepy. Why do you do this? You know. So we were. We had to go out of town. and We went to a, a different church. Did that, she tell
2: you
1: that often, by the way. A, a, as often as I deserve it. <laughs> Stranger and, danger. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> scary. Scary. Anyway, so we're in the church. We don't. We're not uh, usual. We don't go to this particular church or this mass. And we're going out of town, so we got to go to mass, right? So we went. And uh, after mass, there's this uh, turn behind me, and there's this older lady, and I said really nice sharing mass with you today. And she smiled, and I smiled, and, I, and my daughter says, you're creeping people out again. Why? <laughs> so we're walking out of mass. I genuflect. We're walking out, and she's, she's, she's giving me the what for, right? And there's a tug on my coat, and uh, I'm kind of tall, and I look behind. I don't see anybody. It was this lady, and she says, I, I just want to thank you for uh, thanking me for sharing Mass with you. I like, well, that's fine. It was, it was good. It was, it was very nice. She says, I, I needed it. I felt so alone. Mm-hmm. She says, today would have been my 50th wedding anniversary, and my husband died about three weeks ago. Oh, and and, and the, uh, uh, the, the, the beating I was taking from my daughter immediately stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're tugged by the Holy Spirit or you're tapped on the shoulder, the kind word that you are prompted to, to share is, is going to be of the Spirit. You know, obey the Spirit. Don't say no. If you, if you say yes, you'll be happy. If you, if you don't, you'll regret. You'll wonder what could have happened. It's just these small moments, these
0: small joyful moments. So how do we reach out to the people out there that think, well, well, you guys are on the radio. You have this important job. You guys are, are, are saintly and you're living good lives. You haven't spoken and to my wife. That couldn't <laughs> be farther from the truth, friends. We are sinful people that know we need to repent, that know we need to search deeper. For Jesus, who saved us all, and we need to do it all the time and give back. That's we, You guys have something that you need to do, because we are all here right now at this time. And the Father willed it. What are you going to do, my friends? There's going to be something, whether it's the rosary, whether it's you step up and say thanks to a person that you don't know in church, on and on. You need to pray about it. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. We're coming to you live from the Rome of the West. And it is evangelization moments when, it's tough, when it gets going tough. Tough get going. <laughs> Easy for me to say.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know.
1: What are we going to do? Where would it go now? You, oh, you got it now.
2: So, yeah. I do? No. No. no, I don't have it. It's on the floor. Um, so... If it was in the middle here, that's not going to be good enough. I, 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 oh, you, you know, know I don't know.
0: It'd be good enough if it's going to make your guy's day go better. Yeah, whatever you want to do. I yeah, yeah. You know. Cool. Uh, put, there you go. You don't have to put anything <gasps> on. it, just sits right there.
1: It'll pick so up. So, more jokes, more stories. And you know what? We are coming up to Thanksgiving. What can we do for our families that will be cool, not preachy? Buy the CD. I got, I got it here. Yeah, got it. By, by this program, I'm gonna. Maybe we could talk about last week's with Karen Nol Camper, which was really really cool. And I guess we have this one where you have a, a gazillion of them for. I just saw it. At the... Yeah, it's sort of cool. You introduce yourself. I usually, when I after your introduction, I say thank you, Matt. <laughs> no, you can't say thank you, Matt. Thank you myself. You should say this is the unrecorded map. Yeah, this is the this is the real recorded. This is the real guy, not recorded on the live. Stop shaking
2: the table, boys.
0: When the going gets tough, the tough get going. This is Evangelization Moments on St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from the realm of the West, offering you guys a free CD. All you have to do is pay is postage, and we'll send you a copy of today's program or many other programs that may help you evangelize and or grow in faith.
1: There you go. If you were listening last week, we had Karen Nolkamper Camper on and she talked about peace as an acronym as to what you should do and how it helps you grow, pray, evangelize, act, etc. So you can order that one. You can order anything that we've done over these many, many years and we're happy to send it to you. We also have what we call a pillowcast which has a, a gazillion things: the divine mercy, first communion, guardian angels. There's podcasts on the um, um, uh, um, in a, ominous, uh, anima Christi. How do you say that? Oh. Yeah, okay. Solar Christ, anima Christi. But then something on on the saints: Saint Jude, Saint Saint Catarine. Uh, wow,
2: you're having uh,
1: K, issues. Why? Well, just so we weren't perfect, and now Peter's proving it. I'm sorry. Yeah, guardian angels: the green, the blue, the pink. Hail Mary. Anyway, so we got tons and tuss- tons of stuff. What is the name of that uh, saint who is the, uh, she's an American Indian.
2: Katarina. Katarina. Yeah.
1: yeah, so we got her too. Anyway, so we got all that stuff. Call, order. We're happy to send it to
0: you. 636-447-6000. Or visit www.saintjosephradio.net. That's saint all spelled out. I knew that. (laughs) That's very good. Anyway, this is all stewardship for us. Right. You know, we are volunteers here. We feel the need to give back to the church. And this is a a good way of sharing our time, talent, and treasure. Go ahead. No, I was just going to
1: say, remember, we're going to be all together at Thanksgiving. How do we, not in a preachy fashion, but in a joyful fashion, share the faith?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Try to praise a family. Ask, you know, oh, here's a easy one. Excuse me, grace before meals. How about it? You know, I mean, you can should do that in a restaurant, but you certainly should do it in your home.
0: Always, oh, yeah. always.
2: You know, um, if you feel perhaps a little reluctant to do it, that maybe everybody at the table. Whoa, whoa, necessary. right there—that
0: that's a problem. If you're embarrassed before Christ, then He will be embarrassed before the Father for us. We should not have that bit of fear to be have this, you know, I can't say grace in public. Can't do that.
1: I had a business lunch uh, uh, last week. And uh, of course I invited people to, I say always pray before I eat. If you'd like to join me, there you go. And so we did.
0: That's well, a good way to say it.
1: Yeah, right, you're invited, right? It, it isn't like I'm gonna do it by myself and you can't participate, right? So you're being inviting and joyful. And i tell you what's interesting is uh, more than half of the people made the sign of the cross. Why? Because they were Catholic. So you are tapping into something that's already part of their life, and it's just just dying to get out, dying to get out. And then through that uh, conversation, uh, one of the I, I prayed for my partner who had died. Well, he had a good friend who died just the, the week before, too. We got together again last week. Guess what? We're all praying. We're all praying for each other and each other's families. Why? Because we just made the sign of the cross. Yeah. Um, there, there
2: are... Opportunities, more opportunities uh, than you would imagine if you just look for them, think of them. Uh, if you don't, you know, you know, consider, you know, hey, what could I do here? What could I do now?
0: That's something you can pray for. You know, you know Heavenly Father, sh- open my eyes. Show me the opportunities that are here. If you don't ask, he's not going to give it to you. And here's an
1: opportunity. Uh, Again, my nephews, they're all younger boys and teenagers and boys like adventure. So uh, I'm going to tell them stories about saints, one a day, maybe a joke a day and one a day. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to say, did you know there is a patron saint of almost everything? They're like, yeah, right. So I said, there is a patron saint of, are you ready? Sharpshooters.
2: Really? Yeah. A pe- a Sharpshooters.
1: Sharpshooters. Now like, that's what you? I would not have
2: thought of. Okay.
1: Well, there you go. It's St. Gabriel Passetti. He's an Italian.
2: And what do you pray to that saint for?
1: Uh, I, I'm i going to get there, but <laughs> I'll tell you the story first, which is really <laughs> the point. So, you're, so you, got, you got the you know, young people engaged, maybe even some of the old folks like you. And, <laughs> Thank you, know, you very much. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> you know, a patron saint of sharpshooters. Just, how does someone, just,
2: just, just remember, it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. <laughs> I will be giving. Yeah, you know,
1: I'm, I'm waiting. I deserve it. Anyway, so, so how does someone become a patron saint of sharpshooters? Well, there was this insurrection going on, right? And the, 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 the warring army was coming in. This is the, I think, late 1800s, early 1900s. And, and they're are coming in, and this mob of soldiers have accosted this young girl, and they're going to have their way with her. And, and so this monk, he comes running out, and he takes the gun, the pistol from, from one of the you know, lieutenants, and he held, held, holds the girl, and he holds up the pistol and he says, "The first person to, to come after this girl gets shot." And, the, and they're all laughing at him. He says, "How many You only have five bullets or six bullets in there? They only have five bullets in that gun. What are you going to do? Shoot us all." It's so way in the distance there's this small little lizard sunning himself on the wall. So he takes the gun and he shoots the lizard off the wall. He says, okay, now I got four bullets. And they all kind of went away. So that's how you become the patron saint of sharpshooters. So I don't know, when do you pray to him. I don't know, maybe if you go hunting. You know, uh, if you're a policeman and you, you pray for wisdom and prudence. Um, you know, the good thing about this saint is nobody knows him. Maybe he's not too busy. <laughs> he can take care of you, right? But there's a patron saint of everything. There's a patron saint of
2: everything. It's amazing.
1: So tell stories. Stories. Kids love stories. Adults love stories. And, and if you're like me, you embellish
0: a little bit. You know? <laughs> and the saint is part of the church triumphant. That's right. What are the churches? Well, triumphant, militant, and help. S- Suffering.
1: There you go, so we are the church militant, so we're, we are working our way through it. We are the tough and the tough are getting when it gets tough, the tough get going. We are militant, and then we have the church triumphant, which is the church in heaven, and of course, we have the church suffering, which is the church in purgatory. We are all one church, and just to to make sure we're all clear, we're one body of Christ, maybe three churches, but we're all one body of Christ. We are not the Catholic body of Christ. And the protestant body of christ and the body of christ up in heaven and in we are all one we are all one we all work together for ones for each other's good one one body
0: amen and it yeah. needs to be done because we are here at this time like i said at the beginning of the program because of the father's will and that's one of the things i pray for may i be found living your will you know, if I'm doing that, then that's all I can do, and what I should want to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a funny thing. You know, nowadays.
0: Well, I not like um, Peter's jokes. <laughs> I got another one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me interrupt you. No, go, go, oh, go, no, I was just going to say that, you know, nowadays you've got so much around us that's telling us to be fearful, and you know, that can make us perhaps. You know, more fearful to to talk about uh, talk about it, to talk about God. You know, so many people. I mean, hey, it's getting uh, it's getting a lot of people scared enough to agree that the churches, you know, should be closed and and so forth. That to go along with this, and maybe it's because we don't have enough people, enough of the faithful, enough of the people in the congregation saying, no, we do need to go to church. Um, that we need to, you know, implore our governmental leaders, we need more voices employing them to be more you know respectful of of the need to uh, of the need to worship God. I was thinking of uh, this reading from St. Paul and uh, what he says is, you know, for hope does not see, for hope that sees for itself is not hope. For who hopes for what one sees? But if we hope for what we do not see we wait with endurance we know that all things work for good for those who love god this is you know what are we hoping for you know what are we what are we looking for what do we think is important what do we value is it the stuff around us is it the job is it not getting sick is it you know not going to church because maybe we could get sick what do you hope for do you hope for you know when you know when when your time is done and you go before god you could say hey i stood up for you and i, I believed in you and i you know and i i didn't waver uh, you know is that what we hope for I mean do we hope for what we see what's here around us or do we hope you know for you know union with Christ for the time you know that thing that we can't see if we keep our focus on that then yeah on the gonna,
0: treasure above we're not
2: going to be afraid to talk about yeah. you know our faith Right, yeah, we're read, not going to be afraid to evangelize
1: read that last line again would you please well, sure.
2: Uh, we know that all things work for good for those who love
1: God. All things. Now, Paul didn't say the good things. He didn't think, say the, the uh, um, joyful things. He didn't say the treasures. He said all things at work for good. Well, God can make good out of anything. And, and this pandemic, I guess we could say, is not a good thing. <laughs> Uh, but God can make good out of it. And there is a lot of good that comes out of it. Look at all the extra family time that we've had. I bet you there's marriages that have been saved because of it. Because you're you're there and you're together and you're now doing what you're not supposed to be doing. So God can make good out of anything. And and this pandemic, now, when we're going to have our Thanksgiving, let's find a way to witness in a non-preachy, non uh, and as my daughters say, taking a bat to people's head and, you know, just pounding the face. Do it in a joyful fashion. Stories and jokes. Stories
0: and jokes are two ways to do that. And then have the ability to describe and explain why you have that feeling of joy.
1: Right. But the first thing is you have to... Have you ever... Have you got to be I, joyful. Well, I was going to say, you know, you, that's one of the gifts of the spirit. Have you ever gone up when you were younger, at least me, when I was younger, walking down the street? I have this image of walking down the street. It's kind of cold. It's 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 cold outside and you're getting closer to the house where the party is that you're about to join and as you get closer you can hear a, a little bit of the music and then you hear the voices and then you hear the you know the merriment you know and the laughter and you get to the door and you ring the bell and they open the door and there's a smile greeting you at behind the door, and instantly you're happy, Because right? you
0: got two pizzas in your hand. Delivering. I got two <laughs>
1: pizzas, right? Maybe something else, but you know. But that's what we should be. When people come to see us, we should just be joyful, and the party gets started, right? Because this is a great, good news that we're sharing.
0: That is a good thought. You know that people should be happy to see you, if we're not there's an issue.
1: Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah,
2: I mean, well, the best evangelization is, of course, by example. Yes. And what's the best example? If, you're, if people know you're a, person, you're a person of faith and you are joyful, if you have joy, you know, I, that's going to speak a lot louder than anything that might come out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're understanding, you know, I mean, that's another opportunity over the holidays. Okay, supposing there's somebody that rubs you the wrong way, somebody in the family that rubs you the wrong way. So what? Yeah. You know, give the, give us some gratuitous act of kindness to that person. You know, especially you know the most most powerful thing is, you know, you go above and beyond what they're expecting. Right. You know? I mean, you are going to have you are not going to be afraid to do that because you are going to have the peace, you are going to have the joy, and that you know that's another opportunity.
1: And it starts with us. You know, I, I remember one of these great quotes from Mother Teresa. She says, "If I am judging you." I'm too busy to do what I'm supposed to do, which is loving you, right? So we, we have to give people the, the, the grace, if you will, to be who they are. you know. And if who they are are, are, are a pain in the butt, well, then that's who they are. But you, you could give them the grace to be their pain in the butt. But then you greet them with joy. If they know you love them, that's going to take a lot of the heat out of the air, right? If they know you love them first, things get good.
0: So how do we work with people, you know, if you're out there listening and you are blessed to be around people this holiday season. Yeah. And and it is a blessing. And this person is a chronic complainer, you know, and we just don't like to be around this constantly being brought down by these you know oh you know like uh what's that guy from yeah thank you not much of a house not much of a donkey you know so what do you do with these people do we empathize you know empathize with them yeah hug
1: them well if we're allowed to hug anymore you know (laughs) so
0: it's like wow that's incredibly you know Oh, we are terrible, terrible to hear that. You know, I mean. So how do you do that? You just kill them with TL- TLC. I'm asking. So. I'm asking. What do you, you guys know, do? You know,
1: we all have those people in, your, in our family. I'm thinking of one right now, and I'm I'm, I'm going to be sharing Thanksgiving with one of them. And, and you know, the first thing you do is you love them and you hold them and you hug them. If I'm assuming you're allowed to do that, and and that kind of takes the edge off. And the second thing is, don't react. Right when they say the thing that's going to set you off. Half the time they know they're saying it because it's going to set you up.
0: Oh, they want to be validated. Yeah,
1: you, you give them a smile, right? It, you, you know, there's a, I went to a talk by um, Father uh, Mason, who is the rector of the seminary. And, um, and he, well, he's obviously a brilliant guy. So great the title, man. The t- and he is a great man. The title of the talk was, The examined by the you know the Jesuits examined number twenty three and I said to my ah number twenty three I don't know what twenty three is, but what twenty three is in in colloquial terms in my own rudimentary understanding is be bulletproof, right? Be bulletproof. What can that other person say to upset your peace? Nothing, right? What can they do to upset your peace? Nothing. Why? Because they are. God's beloved children. God loves this person so much. And what can they do to upset your peace? They, they, you know, they call you names, they insult you, they say stupid stuff you disagree with. It doesn't matter because you know God loves them and, and, and God loves you too. So being number 23, I'm sure that Father Mason will, will have my hide for saying, explaining it so poorly, but that's what it is. I don't know, when you were kids, did you ever, we did it when we were kids. We used to stand on the playground and we used to trade shoulders. Right, you put your shoulder out and you, and one kid would hit you, right, punching the shoulder. And then the other kid would show his shoulder and you punch him. And whoever gave up first was, you know, was the loser. And whoever flinched was double in trouble. Look, this is being bulletproof. You know, don't don't let it hurt. Be joyful. That's a stupid game. I know. Okay. I have lots of stupid games and stupid so, thoughts. He said
2: he did a kid. He doesn't kill. Do <laughs> this is St. I mean, Joseph
0: Radio Presents. We're coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri, on Covenant Network. And this is Evangelization Moments. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. The title of today's program, trying to figure out what it is the Father's will has for us because we are alive right here and right now and you have ears and you ought to hear.
2: So Matt, yeah. So Matthew, you said, well, what, what do you do with a person who complains about everything? I was just thinking to myself, what if you said this? What if you said this to that, to that person? You said, you know, I really appreciate the way you always are concerned with so many things.
1: Oh. oh. I don't know. Would
2: it be disarming?
1: I don't know. Did you read that book, uh, How to uh, How to Influence Enemies? And I don't know. Being, I don't know yeah, yeah. that, yeah.
2: But I mean, suppose when you praise that person. Yeah. found something to say good about that person. I mean, if that person is always complaining about things, supposing you confront them with something that's good
1: about them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just sure. You know. How about tell them a joke? Uh, you got another one? I do. You hear about the about the squirrel infestation in the Protestant church? No. Seriously? Okay. Well, it's an old one. So the this Protestant church has this infestation of squirrels in this. This pastor thinks, I know how I'll get rid of them. I'll create this slide, because, you know, the squirrels like slides. I didn't know that, apparently. They know the oh, squirrels. Yeah, so I had no oh, idea. Oh. And he had this this slide go into the their baptistry, you know, because they have the full immersion, big pool, right? So the, the, the uh, squirrels would go down the slide, go into the baptistry, and drown, right? Well, what he found out is that s- squirrels really did love the slide, and they were even better swimmers than they were sliders, so it not only got them going into the slide and into the baptistry, but they brought all their friends, too, and they got going. Well, you know, the Episcopalian says, I, I got the same problem, but you know, I'm not going to take the chance of you know, harming one of God's creatures. So he trapped them all, and he brought them over to the ba- Baptist minister's church. So then they all went down the slides, too. Well, then they go to the Catholic, and they say, the Catholic, well, what, what did you do? He says, well, I baptized them. I confirmed them, and now I only see them on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> oh, my. Ooh. Ooh. There is an alternate ending. The Jewish uh, rabbi got involved, and he says, Well, I'm telling you, I got rid of all of them. How'd you do that? I just had to deal with one. Circumcised him, and that was it, and they all Ooh. ran away. Oh. That's <laughs> it. <Okay>. So, oh. <laughs> a joke. So now we're, getting,
2: right? into, we're I, getting into marginalizing certain groups of people. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Is I that think, good? Yeah. That's yeah. Right.
1: yeah hey, that's look, right. in the immortal words of uh, um, uh, Archie Bunker, <laughs> I hate everybody equally, you know, and, you know, look, we have to have fun, right? So how do you deal with the person who is, as you said, the Eeyore type? I, I don't know, maybe you light in the air a little bit. You, you give them a compliment, and you tell them a corny joke which i
0: have many
2: Ah, uh-huh. well that, that's your homework yep. and
1: there you go
0: well time talent and treasure it's all about stewardship my friends out there come on i know you're good at tithing it's time to up the time and talent that's what we need from all of you it, it has to be now because when the going gets tough the tough get going there you go 30 believe in the true presence we're not doing our job within our own walls here.
1: You know, at the, at the risk, and hopefully you guys join in on this one, at the risk of telling a story that all, everybody already knows, uh, maybe at some point in time during this Thanksgiving holiday, we could talk about the real presence. You know, we have a pope who, whose name used to be Bergoglio, who is um, responsible for investigating one of the more modern Eucharistic miracles. So to tell that story rather briefly, and please add to it, He, there was a, a host that was discarded into a, this is in Argentina, into a potted plant. And when the priest recovered it, he put it into a bowl, a glass bowl of water so it could dissolve and he put it into the tabernacle. Well, several days later, he checked on it and it had appeared to change, it appeared to be bleeding. So he contacted the uh, the current the current auxiliary bishop, who is Bergoglio, who contacted the archbishop and he said, leave it there. So you do what you're supposed to do. So a couple of years later and all of a sudden Bergoglio, Bergoglio, whatever it is, he becomes the archbishop. And what he does is he sends a sample. This, this host now looks like flesh and still bleeding. He takes three samples, sends it to three separate labs in three different countries. And one of those labs, And they all came to the same result. But one of those labs was a renowned cardiologist. And this cardiologist said, I know what this is. First off, this was taken from living flesh. And of course, they
2: didn't tell the doctors where? Nothing.
1: Right. They didn't know it was coming from a priest. They didn't know it was coming from Argentina. They had no idea what this was. So he says, first off, this is coming from living flesh. And it is the right ventricle, which creates the beat in the heart. And I can see the white blood cells, which doesn't make sense because those should have dissipated almost instantly, but they're still there, and it must have come from living flesh. And beyond that, I can tell that this heart was traumatized. This person was under great stress and suffering. He had no idea where it was coming from. Well, that wasn't good enough for Bergoglio. He had a sample taken from the Eucharistic... Oh, and it was type A B blood. And he had a sample taken from the Eucharistic miracle from 850 sent another sample manziano yeah manziano this scientist said same results and obviously because you're trying to trick me this is the same person now this is documented the catholic church is meticulous in terms of trying to prove something false there's some there are i think about 67 if i'm not mistaken Documented Eucharistic miracles. 140. 140. I'm wrong. I'm not even half right.
0: And do you think the world would know this?
1: I I told this. I was at lunch with a Protestant friend of mine, and well, and I told him this. He says he's just in awe. His his mouth is just hanging out open, wondering how could this be? How come I've never heard this? Right. 140
2: by approved by the Vatican. There, for example, I think there are over 70 now in Lords. The lists are not you know uh, the same. But you've got, you know, seventy miracles and lords, many of them, during proof, the Eucharistic proof. Recession, they got proof, and, um, and there are hundreds more. Uh, you know, they're all out. I mean, there, there's so many that are out there. Um, you know, and Lanciano is just one of them. You know, is another one. There's about twelve hundred, and you've got situations where you've got uh, blood and tissue that uh, has not changed. It has not decayed. Over oh, hundreds of years, these things, after a period of six months, are gone. De- should decompose. Absolutely. Hundreds of years. Define, literally, literally define the laws of physics.
0: Just like a cactus fiber tunic from the 1500s.
1: That shouldn't have lasted 20 years. Right. All these miracles. Years. And years.
0: And who, who besides the enemy, is shrouding this? And who oh, would be I'll the mouth, you, you know, the, the the media that should be putting this out?
1: It's us we are the ones i mean look you know again this is not preachy this is just trying to tell the stories of our faith right tell the stories of your faith maybe a joke maybe a story of a saint boy the random
2: act of kindness
1: random act of kindness the young boys love adventure stories all of a sudden for you can i right and do it right now do it right now
0: because when the going gets tough the The tough tough get get going. going Thank you. Peter Karutz, Ray Gerard, my name is Matt Logman, and this is St. Joseph Radio Presents. Get a free copy of program today. Just send us the postage, and we'll send you the CD or many others from our great library of Catholic apologetics. And you can be the next Catholic apologetics in your workplace. Thank you for listening, my friends, today, and happy Thanksgiving for next weekend. And as you gather with family and friends, let them know that you are a believer May God bless you.